Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Fanboy Comics Podcast. I am your host, Clay, and of course, this is a brand new month. I was going to say year for some reason. Nope. Still in 2020, and it's still shit. Anyway, it is a brand new month with a brand new week. Of course, we restart our schedule. We are going to be talking about Avenging Spider-Man. We are going to be talking about Daredevil. We are going to be talking about the newly added Thor. We're going to be talking about Green Arrow. Nightwing, and of course, Justice League. Now, with these books, some of them I dug, some of them were just, you know, books that I read. Uh, Nothing too exciting, nothing too uh, boring. Um, You know, they were just, you know, nice little reads. And, well, I don't know. I I will make some comments probably about the Nightwing. Um, It is a crying shame that I'm not super enthusiastic every single time I read that book, because Nightwing is my second favorite DC character. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, I had a lot of fun with Thor. I had a lot of fun uh, just looking at the beauty of Justice League. So let's go ahead and jump all into that. Of course, if you are new to this podcast, thank you so much for choosing this podcast to listen to. Uh, Please subscribe, and once you're done with the show, if you deem that I am worthy of you, know, you and your friends, please share the podcast. Uh, of course, my goal, everybody knows this, um, is to get at least one listener. And I know that's a super small goal, uh, but I'm getting. I'm my goal is to get one listener per month. Um, right now, I have an estimated audience of about eight people, which I am totally okay with. Um, I know that uh, the Snyder talk that we had a couple weeks ago. Um, really hit hard, and it got a lot of listens, and I absolutely love it. And some people stuck around for that. Uh, So I thank you all for sticking around to listen to me babble on about these comics. But if, uh, if we can reach one listener a, a month, then by the end of the year, let's see here, five, I can get 13, you know, I can get 13 listeners... And then for next year, I'll do the exact same thing. Um, small goals, people. Small goals means that you know you don't have to do as much. No, I'm just kidding. Um, this is a lot of hard work. I put a lot of hard work into it. I put a lot of time in comics for it. And that's not a bad thing either because comics is my passion. And, of course, uh, podcasting is you know becoming one of my favorite hobbies and one of my favorite passions. One of the things that I really want to work towards... And I've said this before, but for anybody who is new listening to this, um, I want to make audio dramas. And so me being or me getting used to the production of these podcasts and doing these reviews for comics, it lets me look at uh, comic book stories uh, to gain more ideas. And it also uh, lets me learn about my audio quality. I am not perfect. I do not have a degree in uh, audio production, even though I'm very much considering going back to school for it. But it, it, I, I'm trying to do the best that I can with what I'm working with. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into this. Of course, we always talk about the big boy in red and blue. First off, this uh, in the first week, we're going to be talking about Avenging Spider-Man number 8. 
right. All right. So Avenging Spider-Man number eight. A dying Dr. Octopus used his final days to create a device that could either repair the ozone layer or destroy it. Using this newfound power, Doc Ock took the world hostage, Silver Sable nobly sacrificing herself uh, to enable Spider-Man to defeat Doc Ock, forcing Spider-Man to finally break his vow that while he's around, no one dies. Or did he? So this does in fact tie in to, uh, it says here in Amazing Spider-Man 687, Earth Ending, um, the first, well, I mean, I, I would say first little story, but it's not really, it's, it's a story altogether. Uh, in the very beginning, they are looking for the remains or possibly the, uh, the, you know, the live body of Silver Sable. Um, Spider-Man is like forcefully not going up because they're underwater with like suits and stuff. He is still searching underwater. Uh, I was about to say Scarlett Johansson. That is hilarious. Um, Black Widow is uh, forcing him to go up because Captain America told him so. And, you know, while they finally, you know, they finally leave and they leave S.H.I.E.L.D. and Black Widow to look for these remains... Uh, Spider-Man looks back at a uh, a little story with Silver Sable and Doc. Up, oh, that is my phone for some stupid reason. Sorry about that. Anyway, um, the uh, there's a story with Silver Sable, uh, Doctor Strange. I don't know why I said Doc Ock. Uh, Doctor Strange and uh, Doctor Doom. Now. It's a really weird story that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, there is apparently a woman that uh, Doctor Doom wants, and I believe she's some sort of royalty. Uh, he wants to marry her or use her in some sort of uh, fashion. And Doctor Strange comes up with this idea of, hey, we should get Spider-Man to marry her so that way Doctor Doom can't do anything with her and it's really weird because they're like oh yeah also when you get married you have to immediately go have sex and so I don't know if it's like this weird thing about like she may be a virgin and that's what Dr. Doom needs it's really weird um but this whole time Parker is like um I have a girlfriend hey, hey, hey guys are, are you not gonna hear me are you gonna talk to me or at me like what's what's going on here and even the woman of royalty is kind of like i am not for this like there is a guy that i am in love with that i really want to marry and i don't want his life in danger so i sent him away and blah blah, blah. and they're like wait you had this guy here in new york and he's still in new york and you are just now telling us this well spider-man we don't need you and Spider-Man's like, whoa, you've already, like, put me in this, so I'm going to help you guys out. Let me go get the guy, and we'll set everything up. And it ultimately just comes down to, like, Spider-Man gets the guy, they get married, and basically Doctor Strange, Silver Sable, and Spider-Man have to hold Doctor, uh, Doctor Doom back while they get married and do all that. And then some odd, for some odd reason, Doctor Doom can, like, sense whether he she is like useful or not and all of a sudden he's like oh i can sense that she is no longer useful to me 
and they walk out and you can tell that they had just had sex like they are like undercovers they're wrapping each other up and it's just like this is weird i don't know what they were getting at with this story um but there came a time where silver sable was like basically going to sacrifice herself and it wasn't just for the money because silver sable of course is somebody who works under contracts and you know that's how she she's a work for uh she's a mercenary for hire basically and you know spider-man noticed how she was genuinely you know fighting for the love that these two individuals had rather than just the money that she's going to be getting afterward and that's the small little story and you know at the end it shows that uh Black Widow and S.H.I.E.L.D., they leave because they think they haven't searched one area, and then there's like a little glimmer of something uh, that could possibly mean uh, that Silver Sable is alive, or maybe even Doc Ock. Who knows? But, um, you know, it was a story that I read. It was a little weird. Um, I enjoyed the art. Um, some of it was a little wonky, but I love there's this one panel, this one page. Uh, where Spider-Man is just swinging through the city, and it's just so Spider-Man, and I really, really like it. So, uh, decent story, good art. Um, I think I'm really excited to read what's coming up next in The Avenging Spider-Man, because this is where uh, Carol Danvers dons the name of Captain Marvel. Uh, And it's a highly sought-after book in physical form, because it's worth a lot. But... Uh, really, really cool book uh, that I'm looking forward to reading because I have actually never read it. But let's go ahead and move on to, of course, we are going to be talking about Daredevil issue 800 and oh, 800. Wow. Uh, 89. <laughs> I am way ahead of myself. But yes, uh, Daredevil number 89. Daredevil number 89. Now, this one, nothing really happened. You know, we we saw in, not last issue, because last issue was all about Foggy. But the one prior to that, we did see that Matt Murdock had actually changed his name, uh, put in some colored contacts, uh, and went on to a plane, not really knowing where he would go. Now we finally get to see where he went. Um, here in the beginning, though, it is a little bit of a nightmare. He does wake up from it. Uh, you see uh, that he did, in fact, change his hair color as well. Um, he is in Monaco. And here, um, I'll be honest, I don't know what the context of what the hell is going on. Uh, he is trying to get in with some of the high rollers and I think that will get him a tad bit closer to people that are involved with Kingpin and I mean you do get to see uh, (laughs) Matt cheat a little bit in poker uh, using his uh, his radar and his uh, hearing being able to hear what does he say? He says uh, he uses his smell. You know, people just change their smell whenever uh, it says here. Um, I can hear when they have good cards, and I can smell it when they've got nothing. It's subtle, but their scent changes slightly, even in the best, 
even the best of them can't control their nervous system. So he gambles with all of these heightened senses, and it's actually kind of cool. It, it really is. But then there's a moment where uh, he is invited to this high roller's house, uh, and you know it's kind of like a VIP invite only type party. And you see this, uh, what are they called? I can't remember what exactly they're called. Uh, what is the what is their name? The the guys who do the 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 bull and the and the flag. I oh my gosh, I can't believe I can't remember this right off the top of my head. Uh, is it a um um uh? I know it starts with an M. Uh. Gosh, I can't. I know it's like bullfighters. It, they're bullfighters is what it's like. Ultimately, it is. Yeah, a matador, and he has this like domino mask. Looks very like villain of the Mask of Zorro. Like it, it definitely look looks like that kind of uh, style. Really, really cool. But instead of a bull he's fighting lions and he defeats them both and this person actually kills uh i guess the uh let's see here uh luca is his name when it's over luca and his friends from spain join the matador in the ring and this matador stabs Luca right in the chest, killing him, uh, and that's when Daredevil comes out with full costume and is fighting and protecting them, and in the end, uh, we just see that uh, the daughter of Luca is being kidnapped, and now Daredevil is like, what in the world is going on? And so now he has to go save her. I don't know where exactly Brubaker is taking this story um, with that. I kind of want to go back to the whole Foggy and, you know, really getting all of his ducks in a row as far as... And when I say ducks in a row, I mean Matt, you know, with him escaping from prison, from, you know, getting his name back and, you know, getting these accusations that he is Daredevil out in the public, you know, gone. I would really love to see how that turns out. But, of course, I know that takes time. So, you know, Ed Brubaker does need to fill in the gap a little bit. And I think we're going to probably be here in Monaco for another issue or three, is what I would assume. But we'll we'll just have to wait and see. But let's go ahead and move on to our last Marvel book of the day. That being Thor number two. Thor number two to now in here nothing happens just like the rest of the books that we've been talking about but this was a fun story um we start off with donald blake at uh one of the diners in this new town that he is in in oklahoma uh, of course he is the newbie in town and word has got around already and that's what happens in small towns um, i am from a small town and that is definitely what happens uh but he uh, he has a small little exchange with him, and, you know, 
the the guy at the diner is like, oh, well, you're a doctor, right? You're not. You're a doctor that helps people medically, not just some doctor that uh, that just reads books. And he's a. And Donald says, nope, I'm I'm the saving lives kind. At least that's what I'm hoping for. And he drives off into this huge open field, huge open field, and he slams his stick. Uh, into the ground and you just see a huge thing of lightning uh but you hear you hear thunder and then you see lightning because uh it shows the diner again and there's of course the person that was working there that you had seen before and then also a just a random customer he says uh um he says uh is it just me, or don't you normally hear thunder after the lightning, not before? So it was it was very cool t- that somebody you did notice that. And the next page is gorgeous, so so gorgeous. Um, I just love the way uh, uh, Coppell did this, uh, did the, did the layout, and of course the Thor that is prominent at the bottom of the page swinging his hammer just looks absolutely amazing i'm actually going to post it today uh on my instagram for those who want to see it but uh he says this will do where there is thor there is asgard and he is creating a storm and not only a storm he is creating a like vast looking tornado thing and you just see him doing this, and all of a sudden he starts to stop, and Asgard is there. Like, the castle, everything. Like, his home is there. Like, on that open land. And he is walking, you know, on the grounds of Asgard. He, you know, is reminiscing on some stuff. You see some really cool silhouette ghost-like memories, uh... And then you hear police officers, and they're honking the horn, and Thor's like, uh, why, do you, why do you trouble me? What's going on here? And the police officer's like, well, technically, this, you know, this is not your land. You can't just build something that's not on your land. And so Thor uses his, uh, his magic, his power, and he actually lifts it, and now it floats right above the land. And he says, uh, it is no longer on the ground. And the police officers are like, uh, yeah, let me, uh, we're just going to go now. And they leave. And, you know, Thor that night is, you know, remembering what Donald Blake had said. How he said, uh, then I say that the lie, uh, that they live on in the hearts and souls and minds of mortals, and they only need to be found and awakened. And he is he is missing his home, he is missing his family, he is missing his friends. And the next day, the owner of the land comes by, he's like, hey, uh, this is my property, and uh, technically you can't just be sitting here, blah, blah, blah. And so Thor invites him up he opens this door and there's like a giant room of nothing but gold and he's like take take what you will and then leave me and he tells uh the old man tells uh this guy to back up the truck just back up the truck and give me the wheelbarrow 
and they just take this stockpile of gold and they leave and you know then there's some rumblings in in the diner and the woman that worked at the hotel she says still in all he's a neighbor now and i think it's up to us to welcome him make him feel a part of the community maybe invite him to church i hear he's all alone up there in that big place must be hard to be alone like that and thor says uh sif himdal balder uh uh fandral uh volstag can you can your souls hear me uh do my worst find do my words find you in the hearts of mortals if they do then hear this vow i shall find you though i come uh though i come the four corners of the earth in my quest i shall find you so nothing happened like nothing major happened other than the fact that he brought asgard to earth and i know that sounds like oh my god that's big but in the way it happens just like poof it's there you know hey it's not like he had to go fight things and you know make this dramatic entrance other than the storm but nothing really happened uh, but I, I love the visuals for it. Um, I love the small little, you know, comedy parts with the police officers and the property owner. You know, all of that is good. And next issue, it looks like he's going to be confronted by Iron Man. So that's going to be fun. I am really enjoying this. This is only the second issue. I know I have a lot to possibly just be disappointed by. But as of right now, I am having a lot of fun with it. Um, I can totally see why some of the people uh, ha- see this as their favorite Thor run so far. Uh, it is quite possibly mine as well. I think I missed the idea of Donald Blake uh, in most recent Thor uh, because I just I just love I love the idea of secret identities. I don't know why. Um, to just be this person every now and again that yes, has the weight of the world on their shoulders still, but has it a little less because they're just a normal person. Uh, and then being able to turn into this, like, just, like, majestic, powerful, all, you know, bright person is is cool. I love that idea. And it's a, it's a shame that Marvel doesn't really have secret identities anymore. It really is. Uh, for me personally. But... Uh, that is all for the Marvel books. Let's go ahead and jump into our DC books for this week. Of course, we're going to be talking about first Green Arrow number eight. All right, so Green Arrow number eight. Now this one, this was it was interesting um, for me personally because this is a newer book for me to read, even though it's so old. Um, I could relate it to, I forgot which season, but uh, there is a concept in the show Supernatural um, where Sam, Jared Padalecki's character, uh, comes back from the dead without a soul. And that's basically what um, the two Green Arrows are talking about, basically in heaven right now. Um, Of course, Hal Jordan Spectre brought the Green Arrow that is on Earth right now to heaven uh to talk to another green arrow so it left off on a pretty big cliffhanger you know there was two green arrows and they talk it out in this issue and basically the one that is in heaven is 
the soul of Green Arrow, and the one that is on Earth is just the body. And the reason being is how when he wanted to make things right and bring him back to life, he's, you know, Green Arrow was already, like, super, like, content with being dead and, you know, living a simple life in heaven. And he was like, you know what, if this is what you want so badly, then leave me here, but you can take a little bit of my DNA and, you know, create another version of me, but just the body. Don't leave, don't take me away from this place, basically. And this is all explained to the Green Arrow body, basically. And it's a little confusing to him, but he starts to really get it. And near the end, he, uh, you know, he is sent back to Earth. Uh, he goes back to the apartment building of, I can't remember what uh stanley stanley he uh he, you know because stanley was the one in the very beginning of the, of the series that found him and brought him in and everything else and he basically told stanley oh yeah i don't have a soul and then stanley knocks him out and you're like what the hell but surprisingly we get to see connor um, we haven't seen much of connor since the i think maybe the very first issue we saw a glimpse of Connor, but now we do see Connor. He says that he believes his dad is in trouble and he needs him, and so he is off. But when Oliver wakes up, he is strapped down to this like stone, like table thing, and uh, we also see, oh gosh, uh, Speedy. What is her name? Oh gosh, did I forget her name? Uh, Mia? I think it's Mia. Yeah. Mia is uh, strapped there as well. She is unconscious. And that like tease that we had, had been getting for the first few issues that we completely forgot about, that there was some sort of monster coming around, um, we see that it's a dude in a costume. And Stanley says... You know me already, of course, I'm Stanley, and this, this is my monster, and he, like, unveils it, and it's just some random, it, it honestly looks like Commandy with, you know, some fur, you know, strapped onto him. That's what it looks like. Not sure if that is Commandy or not, but Stanley looks very much insane here. Uh, I like the concept of Green Arrow not having a soul. Um, I would love to see how he gets it back. Um, and what that means for the relationship with uh, the Spectre and Hal, because if uh, the Spectre and Oliver, sorry, because um, I'm pretty sure the Spectre would have something to do with it if you know he merged them back together. But who knows? Um, really enjoyed this. Uh, love the art, like especially this. I'm looking at this panel where you see Connor, uh, you know, in his Green Arrow outfit. Looks really really cool. Always loved that outfit. Uh, looked more. Uh, looked more like a like uh like just with the brown and and green it just it i really really liked it um as a kid but let's go ahead and move on to the one book that i'm just like eh, you know i i i just i don't know how i feel about it uh that being nightwing it's gonna be nightwing number eight 
I'm not sure how I feel about it, but let's go ahead and jump into that right now. Okay, so this is going to be a very simple review of this title, uh, well, of this issue, you know, issue number eight of Nightwing. It, it happens in one, two, three, maybe four different segments. Uh, there's a fight between Nightwing and Blockbuster. There's a fight between Nightwing and a biker gang. Uh, Nightwing gives a homeless guy money, and then a random dude beats the shit out of that guy. And then Blockbuster takes out his anger on the biker gang that failed to kill Nightwing. That is all that happens in this issue. And it's disappointing. Uh, I think I have come to the conclusion that I will probably switch this title with... A newer Nightwing series, uh, that being probably New 52, um, just because that is a title that I attempted to start uh, when New 52 first came out. But everybody knows this story. I tried to, you know, collect all 52 issues uh, or or titles in the New 52, and it ended very badly with me with being poor and stuff. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I I am not getting a whole lot of like nostalgic oh my gosh this story is amazing type feeling with this title um i know chuck dixon is a very good nightwing writer i know that eventually there will be better stories but like even in kevin smith's writing right now i it got to a point where i didn't really like it but it got to a point of this whole no soul thing that i'm like oh this has caught my interest i want to see what happens here it's just like it. Nothing is happening to where I'm like, ooh, I really need to find out what happens, you know, with this, when it comes to Nightwing. So it's very disappointing. Um, I'm wanting to like have fun with this podcast. Everybody knows this. Uh, so I'm probably going to switch this out with Nightwing New Fifty Two or a new title altogether, um, or a new character altogether. You know, uh, really just depends on how it will go. Uh, with that but let's go ahead and move on to our next and final book of the day being justice league number 17 all right so justice league number 17 now i will say this book had you know a few key points but you know probably just one major key point and that is the fact that arthur took his place on the throne once again um and we'll learn more about that uh when we read aquaman uh i think i added it recently to the lineup of some uh some weeks that we're going to be talking about soon but uh here there's a giant fight of course between the atlantean army who is led by ocean master and the justice league um we of course saw last issue that uh, they made protocol for a lot of other heroes to join into the fight. And so we get to see uh, Black Lightning. We get to see Hawkman. We get to see... Who are some other people here? Uh, so we see Vixen, Black Lightning, uh, Firestorm. We see uh, Zatanna. We see... Uh, black canary we see on the next page hawkman um and also i believe her name is uh uh elemental woman 
I think her name is, or, or she, uh, yeah, Ele- Element Woman is she introduces herself uh, to Batman, but so we get to see a lot of them in the action, which is really really cool. Uh, but we also learn that Volko was the one that really started all of this, and we get, we'll get to the reason why. But my God, the actual fight between Aquaman and Ocean Master is so cool. I took one panel and took a screenshot of it. I'm gonna post it today on Instagram as well. Um, there, it's awesome because like Ocean Master's scepter is like glowing with electricity and stuff. Half of his like his his top half of the body is covered in shadow, but his eyes are glowing red. Beautiful panel, of course, by Jim Lee. So so good, uh, and we get to see that the Justice League has taken care of two bombs that the Atlanteans have put onto uh, the surface. So they did thwart uh, Ocean Master's plans, and they saved the city. But, of course, the fight still goes on with Aquaman and Ocean Master. Eventually, to the point where Ocean Master yields, he then uh, yells at the Atlanteans because they're like, Oh, Ocean Master has has fallen. You know, kill, kill Arthur, kill Arthur. And he says, uh, You dare attack even me, uh, me even now. Orm has yielded. And he screams out into this awesome like splash panel, uh, or splash page, not even a panel, it's a splash page. And he says, I am your king. The letters are in all red. Behind him, there is a giant thing of lightning. Of course, the frozen water uh, from both uh, Zatanna and uh, Mira uh, saving the cities behind him. It looks so good, so gorgeous, and so terrifying as... You know, this position of power uh, Arthur has put himself in now is like, don't fuck with me. You know, just don't do it. I will I will mess you up. And, uh, you know, this is when you see uh, in a different segment or a different area that uh, Volko has surrendered uh, to the army. Uh, the Justice League pushes back. Uh, the, uh, what are they called, uh, the trench. And this is also when Volko goes up to Arthur and he says, I had to do this. I had to do it in order for you to take back the throne. And like Arthur was like, I was at peace. Like I was a-okay. Life was fine. And you did this all for your selfish, you know, want for me to be king. And he punches the shit out of Volko, takes the uh, the dead scepter and controls the trench to go back from which they came, and you know uh, it, he he takes Volko to be imprisoned in Atlantis, but he also tells uh, Orm Ocean Master that he has to stay on the surface uh, on the surface world to be imprisoned by them. Because he yielded, he no longer has immunity. Uh, and, you know, it's for his own good, basically. And now, it looks like uh, Arthur is going back to the ocean. Mira is staying. Uh, we get to see a small little thing with Amanda, Water, Amanda Waller talking to Trevor. Uh, and we see now that... Uh, 
she is both creating a good team and a bad team, most likely we see that is going to be uh, either the uh, the Secret Six or Suicide Squad and the Justice League of America. So, and even uh, uh, Batman, you know, because it's showing a small talk with the Justice League, says that they need to open their ranks as well. So, things are changing in the world of the New 52 universe, uh, which, of course, was main continuity at that time, and technically still is. But, you know, it, it was a definitely cool read. Um, you can definitely see a world opening up. Uh, you know, this is still, you know, only a year in uh, for or a year and a half into the uh, whole uh, new way of continuity and things like that. So it's very, very interesting. Uh, I, I love it and I can't rate, uh, can't wait to read more about it. So with that, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, please, like I said, subscribe to the show. Uh, and share this with all of your DC and Marvel friends. Uh, of course, share this to all of your anime manga friends as well, because we do talk about Shonen Jump every Saturday, uh, so make sure to be there for that as well. But thanks guys so much. I will see you guys tomorrow for the Friday show.